Welcome to Out of Game, a podcast featuring unique segments and discussions about board games, card games, RPGs, gamers, and gamer culture. Here are your hosts, Ryan, Chris, and Tim, as they go out of game. Welcome to episode 32 of Out of Game. This is Ryan. This is Chris. And this is Tim. And we are a podcast about board games. In today's podcast about board games, we're going to be talking about role-playing games. Even it's kind of a board game. It's not really a board game. <laughs> Does it make sense? I, you know, I put out tiles and minis and all stuff. It's That's a board game. true. It's a board game. <laughs> so the topic for today's table talk is going to be fun versus fairness in RPGs to be explained later. More on that in about 45 minutes. But for now, actually, no, in like 15 minutes. <laughs> but for now, it's time to jump into our spawn point. Spawn point. Tim. Yeah. What's been spawning with you lately? Well, we've got a lot of kid games going on. <laughs> okay. My, my daughter has been on the flick em up uh, craze again, so we've been playing some flick em up Okay. Uh, we've been doing some Minions uh, Trouble. So it's just, you know, the normal Trouble game, but they're Minions. <laughs> trouble. Running around. Uh, been doing some Snakes and Ladders. Okay. Which I can't stand. That was the hardest one for me to do. And then doing some Uno. Oh. And my son now. Uno. Uno is the game. We played Uno. We played it about nine times in a row with me and Sam and Jeremy. <laughs> and uh, all I heard for the next six or eight days... Let's play Uno from my son. Wow. He doesn't really play the games yet. He's like, Uno, 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 Uno. So done Do you that like a few Uno? more times. Yeah, Uno's not bad. Okay. I was I gonna can, say I, I can I can deal with Uno. But you know, he doesn't he can't quite play yet. He's okay. he, he just turned five. So do you um, like lay the hammer on your kids when you're playing the way you do with us? No, no, God, no. So you, you kind of yeah, take gotta, it you easy. Know, gotta, gotta, Otherwise it'll get turned off. <laughs> yeah, I gotta I gotta encourage the, the 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 game. But you know, my son doesn't really Kind of asked him, you know, he's out there. I'm like, do you have anything red? And, you know, he's got everything down in front of him. He doesn't have it oh. in his hand because he can't hold them all yet. Right. So he's, like, flipping them over. And, like, when he's got a draw, I'll look at the card before I give it to him. That way I know he's got it. And so when it comes up to something like, you know, do you have a red? No. I'm like, okay, well, do you have anything else? And he'd be like, no. I'm like, no, you've got a wild draw for somewhere. I'll, I'll, like, go fish it out for him or whatever and, and play it. So he's still kind of getting that down. But he's good on the colors. <laughs> he's good on the number matching. So he's kind of learning that. But he loves the skip card. He wants skip. He's like, I want, I want a red skip. I want a red skip. That's funny. That's awesome. I can give you a, a tip, a variant for snakes and ladders. Yeah. Uh, I just always have them go up the, everywhere. When oh, they get everywhere. to the ladders, they go up. When they get to the the slides or the snakes, they go up. Yeah, I don't know if I, I don't know if Sam would let me do it that. It makes it go a lot faster. It would. I don't know that <laughs> Sam would let me do that. Well, actually, what I would love to eliminate is once you get to like like that top half of the board, there's like four ladders, one that takes you all the way back to the beginning. Yeah. And then there's three that like take you two lines down. Yeah. I'd like just to eliminate those. Yeah. No, just climb the ladder. Because those those are so annoying. Just ask her, wouldn't you rather climb a slide? Yeah. Are there actually snakes on yours? Because I played shoots and ladders. I got two. Yeah, I was versions. just gonna say I never even heard of snakes. I got and two. I got I got shoots and ladders, and I got snakes. Isn't Why that the turn snakes and ladders? Snake? Is like the Canada snakes one. Is the, uh, the UK, I thought. Was oh, it the UK. UK okay. They called it snakes and ladders it's in Canada because it's actually snakes and ladders. Yeah, instead, of a, climb instead of climb a ladder, s- you don't go down a snake. Though. Well, the snake is so slippery, you have to go down it. Yeah, you can't climb up it. 
Uh, Even though they're kind of scaling, you actually get a lot of good traction on them. But <laughs> these snails are all oiled up and slippery. Yeah, I remember the frustration though. It's yeah, it's just it's, it's almost as bad as Candyland too, where it's just random. You know, you're all the way up at the end, and then you draw the uh, the peanut, and you end up going all the way to back, and it's like, oh god, <laughs> the peanut. So how old is your son? He just turned five. Okay. So he, he likes to flick him up. He can't quite get the dexterity of it yet. So I've got, I think I've sent you a list before for a little bit older, but I've, I have about five or six games that Evan can play. Okay. He's a little younger than Jeremy. So I think they would work. Like they're for that age range. Okay. Yeah. You maybe uh, might need that list again because yeah. they're probably buried in some okay. long email. It might be archive. in the email from your old company. <laughs> it's been that long. Oh, well, then yeah, I definitely don't have it. <laughs> Okay, cool. So, yeah, kids yep. games. Kids yeah. games, kids games. Cool. What about you, Chris? So I was watching The Bachelor finale <laughs> oh my recently. God, why? Uh, you have nothing better to do? I, I'm, you know, it's a guilty pleasure. I, I, <laughs> I like the show. What can I say? Ouch. And I was watching it, and I was thinking, you know, it's almost like a gamified version of dating. Okay. And I was thinking of other ways to gamify, you know, taking what we know about board games gamifying the dating world okay and making think, a game out of it done everything they got the dating game you got you know the the one where it's what they they don't know each other and they kiss for the first time blindfolded i mean there's there's all so oh, many well, different i haven't heard of that game what's that called i don't even remember the name there's just there's so many variants on that of just how stupid people get together <laughs> stupid <laughs> people get together <laughs> well i think regular dating is an epic failure if you look at i mean not in your well, guys case but in the case of divorce percentages and stuff that maybe making a game about it. I mean, we're a podcast about games. Maybe we could revolutionize the dating world. (laughs) You know, this guy, for example, he chose a girl from Canada. Spoiler alert. Well, it's, it's been weeks since the finale. So (laughs) actually months, I think. I don't think any of our listeners watch the bachelor anyways. (laughs) Okay. Well, Bonnie might, Bonnie might like the bachelor. Yeah. So, you know, cause she's a girl. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I am a guy who watches The Bachelor, I'll admit that. But So he, he chose this girl from Canada. Would you move to Canada? Canada's pretty nice. For the perfect girl. But yeah, and you know, like, you know, they do have those party games to like how well you match together. Like you write stuff down and your partner has to guess. And sometimes you have these couples that are not on the same page at all. It's kind of interesting. Oh, that's, yeah, those are, those are fight machines there. I know. I know. So nothing anyway. like playing taboo with a couple that they just can't connect and get the words. Exactly. And have them just wanna. It's frustrating. They leave that night on the verge of divorce. Yeah. So I don't know where I was going with this. I mean, you uh, wanted to gamify the dating world. Yeah. Like, do you have some ideas? So how would you gamify the dating? Yeah. World? Let's hear it. Well, some of them are probably illegal. Like, <laughs> like the bidding mechanic probably. Okay. Doesn't. <laughs> idea. Is it a worker placement? Worker placement. You know. <laughs> I guess those don't really translate. I don't know. Let, no, let's I, let's, yeah. let's, let's just name some random game mechanics and not describe how they fit, how they but, fit uh, a dating. Well, I guess the, the trader mechanic might work okay. The trader mechanic? You know, that, was a, that one's already... Yeah, you have a secret that one, goal. That one's, that one's like kind of... Your secret right goal is to stay married. It would be great if they had a secret goal is oh, to man. not stay married, maybe? Well, then, then you don't stay married. I mean, it's, it's, I uh, would watch The Bachelor if there was a traitor in there. <laughs> if there was a girl in there, her whole job was just to screw everything up. Actually, it, it seems like that's what happens. Yeah. There's usually like a villain character on there. But no, she like there needs to be one that she like tries to win him over, and then if, she, if he picks her, then, he loses. then she turns on him at the end, and he loses, and then she's like a completely different person. Yeah, there was one, one uh, season where the guy, this girl made it to the final two or three, 
and he found out one of the girls dated Fabio. Oh, I saw that one. Yeah. And then and he couldn't was deal with it. was a showstopper. He couldn't deal with it. She wasn't with him still, but just the fact that she did once. Wasn't she the final girl? She told him after he picked her. I think I think it might have been the final girl. Uh, that was girl, like the one time I like watched The Bachelor. Seinfeld thing there. Uh, oh, what, you, oh, you did it. It was. Oh. Yeah. Uh. Anyway. <laughs> We're way off topic now. It's the Chris Vortex. You know, no, but speaking of Fabio, there's a character in our role-playing game. Your That's role-playing right. game. That's yeah, right. Based after is. Fabio. Bringing it back. Fabio. Hey, you know what? I'd watch The Bachelor. Uh, yeah, no, there's nothing. That would be <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad show. Yeah. By bad, yeah. you mean good. Do you, do you like sit there with your box of Kleenex? And <laughs> There's sometimes I get, you know, a little choked up. I don't have a box of Kleenex, but, you know, when he's breaking up with the girls, he starts, you know, he gets teary and he's got to say goodbye to them. And you could see she's devastated by it. And you you know that it's just not happening with them. And But you have to watch them go through the motions. And, you know, it's it's moving. Yeah. I have a heart. Something. to say? It's something. It is something. So. <laughs> Moving on. Ryan, what have you been up to? Uh, so Chris and I came to a consensus on something. I want, a topic I wanted to revisit. What? I mentioned this last time. So if you recall the discussion about whether opinions can be wrong. Yes. And Tim and I. How could you forget that one? Yeah. We, you know, we brought it up last episode too. Well, through email, Chris and I actually came to a, an agreement on this topic. Where I actually agree with Chris, but I need to explain something to our listeners that I was missing. <laughs> I think everyone was, you know, ex- it, 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 except Chris. A lot where I'm right, but I just don't say it very intelligently. <laughs> so this is what Tim. Let me explain to you. Uh, yeah, you have to because I'm like. Already- so this is what Chris means by opinions can be wrong. He's talking about wrong for yourself, not wrong like for everyone. Okay. So in other words. Like your opinion of something could be wrong for you only because later your opinion changes and then whatever your final opinion is a right opinion. So your original opinion was wrong for you because you finally realized your correct opinion. Right, because you didn't have enough information, perhaps. Okay, so well then, it's like if you don't. It's not like, like your opinion was wrong. You've just revised it because of new information. No, it was wrong. Like you you made a mistake. Like let's say TGI Fridays. You hate TGI Fridays. Okay, right. Let's say that Ryan and I discovered that that particular location was just poorly managed. Okay. And we went to different TGI Fridays and we realized we got excellent treatment. They comped us our dessert and they had like, you know, really good deals. And you were, you just didn't want to ever go to a TGI Fridays because you hate all of them. Okay, okay. And so so, yeah. so I, I, I... Your opinion I, is not correct. Right. I blanketed over a bunch of things. I, just based on maybe a misunderstanding okay. or not enough information. But, it, but it's just for you though. That's the thing I want to clarify. It doesn't mean that TGI Fridays is... Great for everyone. Well, no, but yeah. for you, you were you were wrong because you actually do like it. You just don't realize. it. I just went to the wrong location. Yeah. which kind of like how Ryan wrong. says that I'm wrong about Cyclades being my favorite game. Right. He thinks right. that my opinion is wrong. Right. And if if the premise your opinion can never be wrong is true, then he can't say that. Right. So yeah. Okay. It's okay. Just the lack of of clear explanation by Mr. Christopher. Yeah, that's Holt. not the first time, and it won't be the last time. <laughs> so consensus for out of game. I think we're all in agreement. I, I, I can go with that. Opinions can be, can be wrong. Thank you. That's all I had. That's <laughs> nice. point. You know, it's time to revisit a segment that we've done once, and it's time for round two with Tim called Seeing the Matrix. I know Kung Fu. Show me. Show me. 
so just to remind everyone what Seeing the Matrix is, if you haven't been listening, then you probably don't know that Tim typically wins almost every game that we play, especially when it's a new game. And it's because Tim can see the matrix of the game. When the game is presented in front of him, we're seeing like bits and confusing iconography and Tim's seeing like falling green symbols. (laughs) And he just knows exactly what's happening. That's right. So this is where Tim picks a game and explains to us what is it in the matrix so that we can, we can understand how to see it as well. Some sort of enlightening information. Yeah. So Tim, what game have you chosen? So this may be, counterintuitive in the fact that I've never won this game. So the game would be Scythe. All right. Let's hear it. So, But we played the last time. It was kind of the refresher. We hadn't played it since the previous Gen Cons. It had been a long gap. And we played it there, and I was like, okay, there's some stuff I did wrong. There's some stuff I did wrong. So I'm picking up little nuggets. Gotcha. Uh So uh, I got a little list here of nuggets Uh that I'm thinking to try next time we play this. Scythe Nuggets. Scythe Nuggets. Here we go. So first nugget... (laughs) Knuggets. Knuggets. <laughs> Don't get those workers too quickly. Oh. I made that massive mistake is because as soon as you get too far down the worker path, trying to do the action where those workers are is far too costly. Right. You start having to pay, you know, uh, your power, power, your popularity, popularity and then money. And so Gold. you gotta you got you gotta keep them at a low hum, I think, for the being part of the game, so you can kind of get things going. Getting them out there would be more of the end game scenario where you're just trying to take properties and and own as many hexes as you can. So work with as little as you can safely and and then wait till end game to expand. Okay. I like it. Number two, go for those quests. Those quests are huge. Yeah. Huge. Especially if you're the white faction, because then they're twice as huge. <laughs> yep. Go for those, get them out there, get those. It's like free stuff yep. for just moving your guy. So you do have to take the move action to get out there and get those, but it's free stuff. <laughs> Pretty you much get free stuff. It's like little goodie bags. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and Chris then, was dominating with that strategy yeah, last game. He was doing very well with that strategy. Yep. Yeah. So next nugget is get that plus one move mech. Mm-hmm. For set above strategy. Yeah, that seems important. So that seems to be really good to be able to move to. It's huge. That allows you to get across the board twice as fast and get to things. Because that's one of the most painful things in the game is when you do wage war, if you lose, you go all the way back to your home base. Yeah. So if you were six, you know, six hexes away from your home base, it's now going to take you six turns to get back there if you don't have this plus one move. Yeah, yeah and that plus one move, that's a gift that keeps on giving, so get it yes. as fast as you can yes. no matter what. I think that's the number one mech. And then you can decide of the other ones which one's you know, next important There's to one you. exception to that rule, I would say. If you're the red faction, get the mech that gets you to the center square or hex yes. immediately because yes. that gives you... An even better gift that keeps on giving. I agree. And that's my next point. Get to City Central if you can. Nah. So that would be the, the mech factory. that would get you there. Go to the factory. Yeah. Sit there. Take it over. Don't let anybody else in. Keep that bonus all for yourself. You did a very good job of that last game where pretty much nobody else got to the center except you because you kept it guarded. Well guarded. Yeah. yeah. I was going to take it over as my final move and I didn't. Well, I ended the game. Yeah, you ended yeah, the game. That, I knew that was going to happen. That's hard. And yeah, that 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 bonus, I got that bonus, I believe the second game we played and I used that bonus multiple times during yeah. the play. So it's hmm. they're really good. So go for the factory. And then uh next nugget, ignore those secret quest cards. <laughs> oh my god, do they suck. <laughs> I have I have basically 
messed up my game trying to achieve these secret things because some of them are very complex, are very quirky. Yeah. Some of them want you to keep your, you know, your military might down. Some of them want to keep your popularity down. And th- that just hurts you. So I would say only go for these if kind of happenstance. Yeah. You're kind of close to one of them, and maybe in a turn or two you can complete it. But to try to focus on them, I think it takes far too much focus off what you really should be doing. Yeah, I think that's a good one. So I've, I've never had luck with them. And there's, there's so many ways to earn stars. You don't need to do it this way. Yeah, what I would amend to that, I agree with you that they're dumb. But keep them in the back of your mind just in case you accidentally can complete and one. And that's what I was saying. If you're like within a turn or two of getting it, then go for it. Yeah, it happened to me that if I just deviated just a couple turns, just a little bit, I was able to complete one. I would not have gone out of my way for it, though. You're yeah. right. It's you, you. You're like chasing ghosts when you're you chasing ghosts. And mine have, have been traditionally just you know god awful. You know, have like four popularity, fifteen military, and you know, forty seven barrels of oil. I mean, they've been like <laughs> ridiculous quests <laughs> that I'm trying to complete. That I'm just yeah. like you know, I was like you know, have a you know, all six sides of a lake surrounded with this, that, the other thing, and then have another guy doing a jig over by the uh, you know the hay bale you created a turn ago. I'm like, uh, just. <laughs> Can't, I can't do it. So forget those things. Just, they're, they're gone. Next one, upgrade. Use that upgrade ability and get those, get those blocks moved down into the lower area so you can pay less yeah. for those secondary costs. There's a, there's a big savings there. I went for the, the, the peeps in that last game, and I think, I think I'm going for upgrades next because there's the added benefit of cheaper costs on secondary abilities plus the added benefit of the additional abilities you're getting by moving those cubes down. So I think upgrades are huge. Probably probably what I'm thinking is the most important thing on that board. Yeah. Wow. Structures, not so much. You know, the what's the other one? The enlist. Oh, the enlist. Yeah. yeah. I mean that that fires every so often, but not often enough to make it really important. So the upgrades, that's actually the strategy I did last game. So I don't know if you guys remember, but I was the attacking guy, and I wasn't doing any attacking at the beginning. It's because I was doing upgrading. <laughs> but then at the end, I, there was like one turn where I got three stars in the same turn. So I was like, I was ramping up. It, it's frustrating though when you're doing them because you see everyone doing stuff. Like yeah. I wasn't getting any quests, and I was just trying to make deals with people not to come take my quests because I was just trying to get all my upgrades done. So it, it can be slow, but it. Yeah. But then if you if you can do it. You know, just fast enough that you can kind of ramp up and catch up to everyone that it, it seemed to work well. Yeah, and that's kind of my next one is go to war. Yeah. Beware. Next that's time. That's unlike you. I'm bringing it. Oh, no. Are you sure? I'm bringing it. That's yes. not very Tim like. I'm bringing it. So, you <laughs> Are know, you thinking emotionally? No, no. I'm just, you know, you know, just go get the things from your neighbor. You know, He's thinking with his iron yeah, fist. Yeah, that is not, that's so don't, unlike don't you. Don't produce things. Be the distributor. Go get them. And don't produce them to yourselves. You're the distributor. You're like the middleman. So he produces them, and I go pick them up and distribute them to myself, <laughs> and wow. use them for my own things. Wow. So I'm 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 bringing war next yeah. time. There are lots be of cards. So, the cards are the important thing. The about cards war. are the huge thing. It's hard to get those so cards. I'm 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 going to be changing my strategy. Uh oh. So that's very interesting. We will see how this goes. I have a, I have a new strategy next game too that I want to try. Is that stay on the opposite side of the board of Tim? Uh, well, it might be now. <laughs> well, remember, next time we're, we're randomly doling out yeah. the peeps. We'll shuffle them. We've we got to do it this weekend. We definitely we, have we, to do that. Do it. At, at Sauce Boss at Con. Sauce Boss Con like in the next couple months. So we, the, we, should <laughs> we should play the next three of us now. and Dave. Next month. The three of us and Dave? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm all for that. Let's make it so. 
Thank you. So we will report random, back. Random distribution. So say we all. So say we all. And that, that's my last nugget. So yeah. I think those are the uh, very interesting my top things that I'm going to be trying on the next one. And I think a lot of them will work out. So Chris, this, any thoughts? Yeah, I think that this is one of the reasons that this is the second best game ever. Is because there are so many there are so many ways to win. Is yes, for my microphone. There's so many different uh, avenues you could take. Like you mentioned, battling. You know, you mentioned the, the going to war. I'm, I'm usually not warlike, but I'll do it if I have to do it. Yeah. And I find it very difficult. Like you said, you're you know you kind of have a new strategy for next game, and Ryan's got some secret strategy. <laughs> I go into these games with no strategy because it's a very ta- Skype is a much more tactical game. Than strategic, which I did not expect. It is definitely much more tactical, which is one of the, why I love the game. This is I really like this game a lot. It, it, it's a testament to how good Cyclades is that Sky isn't number one for me as yeah. well as Ryan. But you know the things you mentioned, I think they're all good points. You know the I don't know about war being the way to go. I think it depends on what you have going on yeah. in the layout because there are times when I wanted to go to war, but you've got to. You got to waste your turns moving that. Well, and this, and this would, that will be dependent upon the faction too. If I get the black faction, I'm going to war because that's really what that faction's made yeah. for. If you get like the what was I the white down below, starting out with zero cards, and you know it'll be a lot harder to do it there. So that that may depend on the faction I am dealt. Yeah, yeah. It's so here's what I learned about the black faction. It doesn't matter if you have an army of three max if you only have two cards. <laughs> This is true. It looks intimidating, but it doesn't help you at all. No. It, it adds no extra benefit. The only it's thing the cards. Yeah, the you have it. You all it does is cards. give you the ability the, to have an extra card counter, whatever that number is. I can't remember what it's called. The yeah, your military the slider. Yeah, yeah, but the, the dial doesn't have anything to do with how many you have. That's how much you can. Yeah, but it's how much you can. Blow. Yeah, you can pump to it though. So right, but it has nothing to do with how many mechs you have. Right, like if you had three mechs and no cards, it would be the same as if you had one mech and no cards. True. It's the same. So there's a couple of mistakes I made using the mech to, to go fight. The other, I would add one to your list, Tim. The game allows you to negotiate, and I actually think that's hugely important. I actually think I had a chance of winning the last game if, I don't know if you remember this, but I, I went to battle with Chris. That gave me four stars. And then I went to battle with you, Tim. Yep. And in the battle with you, I should have negotiated with you because you weren't going to fight me, and I, and I should have known that. Because you had one guy and you knew I was going to beat you. Yeah. And you just did one power to get a card draw. Right. If I had negotiated with you in that battle and said, let's just both do one and I'll give you like a couple coins or something, I would have kept all my power and my cards. Then I could have attacked Chris again and got my last star. That's true. But instead, I blew all my stuff on you. Yep. And then I couldn't get caught back up and then Chris into the game. Yeah. And if I and if I had taken over the center, I would have had three more territories because I think I was within like ten points of you of Chris, and you you had the three territories in the middle, which gave you like nine points. So there would have been a nine point swing from me from you to me if I took over that center spot like yeah. I was trying to. So my point is that I think negotiate the negotiation when you're going to war is part of that strategy being important. Yeah, and I think it's important to remember that when you're playing because you can get emotional about it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, no, you came in here to my hex. We're going we're gonna to fight. <laughs> That's basically what you did. I tried to negotiate with Chris, and he, he refused to negotiate with me. 
Yeah, but didn't you? There was there was something I didn't like about how that went down. I should have offered you some coins. That that was the that was the downside. Yeah, because you, you said, "What do I get out of it?" I said, "We both what we both get out of it is neither of us have to spend any of oh, our that's, power that's what it was. or cards." You, you weren't offering me, and anything. you're like, "Well, what else do I get?" I'm like, "Nothing. We just don't have yeah. to spend any." And you're like, "All right, no, no, we're gonna fight." Right? You weren't offering me anything. <laughs> Needed yeah. to grease the palms. Yeah, I should have gave you a couple of coins. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a great game, too, yeah. because I negotiated with you when I was in your territory mm-hmm. earlier, Yeah, and you vowed revenge. So I had it in the back of my mind that you weren't happy with me, so I was kind of semi-expecting it, yeah. but, I, but I think that I, you were coming for the SmackDown, not for trying to like come out of it good. <laughs> right. But you yeah. know, then I think I came back and battled you in that same spot again. You did, yeah. and then shortly after that, the game ended. Yeah. Other than the James game, I think I won all the Sky games, and I think the main reason is ending the game on your own terms is another huge yeah. thing because everybody in their mind has kind of a what they're going to do in the next couple turns and what their end game strategy is, and if you can blindside end the game before they can go, you're gonna. It's worth a lot of points. Yeah. To to screw people in that way, so that's another. Um, you know, if you're in a position to do that, it's worth doing. No, yeah, if you can end the game, and you've got well, you got to make sure that you've got the appropriate points and popularity and stuff like that. Because I ended the second game, and I think I came in last. But for me, it's probably I was so far behind. I was like, I just wanted to end the game, and you know, for there, it wasn't beneficial for me because I, I didn't have the popularity. I think you guys were all in the second track. I was still in the first track. So yeah, you, you got to make sure start. your popularity stays with everybody else. You cannot fall behind on popularity. Yeah. If the, everybody's a bracket ahead of you, you're going to have a much harder time to win. So you need to keep your popularity with everybody else so you're on even footing as far as points go. Yep. Yeah, good stuff. All right. Well, I'm a little worried about Tim seeing the Matrix on. He's coming. Oh, me too. He's coming. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I don't get randomized next time. <laughs> enjoy your enjoy those wins while you have them, yeah. Chris. All right, Tim. Thank you. Thank you for giving us the yeah, which color stuff. pill lets you see the matrix? Um, the red pill. Thanks for giving us the, the red pill. The blue pill keeps you ignorant. Yes. Yeah, I take blue pills quite often. <laughs> I pop one before every game. All right. At least it's not purple. It's time to it's time to move on to our table talk. Table talk. You're listening to Out of Game, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. No, really. They aren't pretending anymore. For other legitimate Dice Tower Network podcasts, go to Dicetowernetwork.com. So let me set the stage here. We're calling this fun versus fairness in RPGs. And I'm going to tell a little story about the current game of Alvaron that Chris is running. Tim is a player. I'm just a, a, a fan. Fly on the wall. I'm like the one fan of the Alvaron campaign. I listen, they, they record MP3s, I listen, I'm involved in all the discussions, I just am not a player. So this is, this is what happened recently. There's an advantage in GURPS called luck. And in GURPS, everything is done with uh, six-sided die rolls. So you roll three six-sided dice, and you're trying to get underneath a certain number. So if you had a skill of 12, you roll three dice, trying to get 12 or under to be successful. And, you know, sometimes it can be hard to do that. Well, what luck gives you the ability to do is re-roll twice. So if you, let's say you roll and you fail, you can say, okay, I'm going to use luck. And then you get to roll two more times and you get to pick the best roll. The, the roll of your choice, I should say. You, you get to choose. So it's a very good advantage. And a lot of the players in the game, in almost every campaign, there'll be at least half the players will take this advantage because it, it is very beneficial. And it resets every hour. Yeah, that's right. Every hour, every 
Real time Real hour. time hour. Yeah. And you can take even better versions of it for more points. They'll reset every half hour. I think yeah. the best one is like every 15 minutes. Yes. Ridiculous luck. But that one is like 60 points, I think, yes. of your 150. Um, so that's so. what happened recently is Chris, I think, well, why don't you tell us, Chris, you were having a conversation with Dave and something occurred to you about It occurred luck. to me, you know, I asked him why he didn't take luck. And he said, I didn't know about it. And, and I said, well, now that you do, would you... You create a new character. Yeah. And then I asked to Ross. I said, you know, you didn't take luck either. And he said, I didn't know about it. And to Ross's credit, he said, I don't know that I would take it because I think it's it's more colorful in the game to have some of these sort of disaster situations happen. You know, like one of the characters was boiling this plant that produced a narcotic and <laughs> it, it becomes unstable and explodes sometimes. Like every time he does it. <laughs> yeah, because they, they're not rolling well. But with luck, you can make sure that it's it comes out right. And he was saying, you know, some of that stuff, even though it's bad for the characters, it, it's more colorful. So he's like, there was never really a time that other people were using their luck that I wished that I had it. And so he said, I'm not sure that I, I would take it. But he said, but yeah, for 15 points, it's not, you know, it's definitely worth easily it. worth that. Yeah, worth so it. So as I was talking to them, I'm thinking, you know, if you look at what luck has done to the game, you know, like another example is when uh, Deberg was battling Ferenial. This was an epic battle in a coliseum between these two knights. One of them was sort of villainous. And he was, I think, 550 points, this character, versus Deberg's between 150 and 200. But this was one of the good things about GURPS that Tim had pointed out when we did like a GURPS comparison to D&D system is that you kind of have a, a chance versus some of these other characters if you, you know, based on the decisions. It really wasn't that. It was that Ferenial didn't have luck and DeBerg did have luck. So the luck really pitched the battle because it made, one of the things Ryan didn't describe is a critical roll. So if you roll three ones, it's a critical success, three sixes, critical failure, which are disastrous and awesome, conversely. We've been using luck a lot to undo those, like those horrible rolls or like the really blow through critical roles. Uh, why don't you re-roll that kind of thing? So as this has been going on, I'm thinking this is not this is not a 15-point advantage. And I never said, just for the record, that I wanted to ban it. <laughs> I'm just raising the issue that it appears to be broken given its cost. For 15 points, if, if people are saying it's a no-brainer that I'm going to take it, meanwhile, every other thing in the character is unique compared to the other characters in the game, except maybe major if you have two mages. But, you know, you try to take your adds and disheads to colorize your guy, and everything is unique except for luck because, you know, it's supply and demand. It's like capitalism. If everybody's taking it, it may not be priced right. Okay, so let me jump in because I want to... So we're setting the stage here for this discussion, which is fun versus fairness. So Chris presented to the group the idea of not banning this advantage, but maybe changing it, okay? But it, it arose the question in my mind of, okay, what do the players want? What What is considered fun to the players? Is having luck more fun than not having it? But on the flip side of that is what's fair? So to so Chris's point, it's more fair for them, for this to be, to cost more because it's kind of maybe breaking the game a little bit or making the game so that certain things aren't happening because they, they're rolling these luck rolls. But but the players like having luck. That's why they're buying it. So to them, it's more fun, at least for now. They, the players believe it's more fun to have luck. 
and not have those bad things happen to their character. So my question was, which is more important, the fun of the players or fairness? And and it was a question I asked Chris. Like, like in Chris's mind, he thinks, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you believe the campaign would be more fun for the players if luck wasn't as prevalent because these disastrous things are fun. Yes. I don't want to take fun away. In fact, that's why I was even saying, you know, I'm not, I don't want to take luck. You know, you can still have it because I know it's fun, but it should probably, it should probably cost more. It's kind of like Joel's character. He built his character. He, he, it was a female character and he wanted her to be beautiful. And in order to make his character beautiful, you have to spend points on something called attractive appearance. Mm-hmm. And he didn't do that, but he still was like kind of saying his character is beautiful. I'm like, no, you just think your character is beautiful. Your character's really not that beautiful. With luck, I'm just saying that the price should match what you're getting out of it a little more. That, that's that's all. And I don't want to take the fun away, but I do agree with your premise though that if there isn't as much luck in the game, I do think it's a little more fun in right. some ways. But I don't want to strip away something that's fun for somebody else either. But you know, like in the case of of um, DeBerg, for example, he was a pure fighter. He was not a spellcaster. You know, what else is he going to spend his points on? If you if you were to if we made luck, let's say forty points, which is a lot, but let's say we did that, he'd still buy it easily and pretty much be the same guy and still have it. But at least he earned the ability to re-roll by. It's like when you spend those points, you really earn that gift. But is it fair? So you guys have been playing this game now for I don't know a year. Is it fair for the guy, Chris, who's playing DeBerg? He's been playing for a year, building up points, and now you're making him spend all those points on an advantage that he already had. So it's like he earned all those points for nothing. So this is where the fairness comes in. Like, is is it fair to the players? Like, I could see, okay, you start a new campaign and you make luck more expensive from the beginning. But is it fair to kind of change something halfway through like that without compensating the players right. somehow. Well, right. They would have to be compensated. Like if you got your points back, so you could spend it on something else, or you could take the, those points back and then use new points to buy it back or something like that. The problem is sometimes if you don't fix the problem, the game is worse off for it. And the, the best example is other broken things like time port. So we had one guy who used a, um, it was a spell called, or a, yeah, it was time port, right? Yeah. And it allowed you to travel back in time like a minute or it wasn't well, as very, much time as you want, but based on the amount of fatigue you spent and stuff. Right. But it, but he wasn't going back in time like a year. It was just a, it was enough to be annoying though. Like it he was, was using the Omega 13. What's going the Omega back 13? 13 seconds in time, which is enough to reverse <laughs> is that from galaxy up? quest. <laughs> oh my God. Obscure reference, but that's classic. The Omega 13. Phil is using the Omega 13. Yes. That's exactly right. And we had one guy who either quit the game or came close to quitting the game. No, my brother quit. Yeah, that's what it was. Jim, no, I couldn't quit. remember. No, he quit. It was because Phil was following the rules. Yep. This was how the rules were written. If I were to step in and take that away from him, it wouldn't be to hurt Phil. It would be to save the game and to make the game yeah. a little more balanced because he's exploiting something that probably is, is a broken rule. And maybe it's broken because of the way we do fatigue or there's some, maybe some about the way we're playing or maybe it was a mistake by the people who made the game. They, they yeah. have made mistakes. Like Fugue yeah. was probably a mistake too. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Yeah. So the point <laughs> is though, credit to people who can find these broken things in the game, but it's for the betterment of the game to patch them 
and then move along rather than to just keep letting it go on. See, now, to me, the difference between time port and luck is huge. Luck is something that I'm using to affect stuff that's happening to my character. Time port I'm using that is affecting every single other PC because anytime it was decided that he didn't like the outcome of something, he would time port and reverse it. So he just re he just undid what you did. He undid what you did. He undid what I did. So it's all of a sudden you're trying to do this thing and you do all this stuff and all of a sudden it didn't happen. And so he's affecting everybody. So he's affecting multiple players' games of how things are outcoming. Whereas yeah. mine, mine's a single die roll that's occurring one time when I need it. So yeah, you know, when you get that brain shot, I'm, I, you know, I don't want to die. I think if you lose the luck, you're, you're going to end up bailing our party out a lot more is what's going to happen. We're going to get attacked by 50 wolves. We're screwed. Okay, Chris, how are you bailing us out? Because we're all dead. Sometimes it's okay to be screwed, though. But I mean, I think that'll happen a lot more often. We've been playing for a year and a half or so. Yeah. And I don't think we've, you guys have lost a fight yet. And I think one of the reasons is whenever there's there's a critical role, it may be some minor ones, but whenever there's a critical role or like a tide turning one, I use my luck. And then, which is fine. You, You bought the luck. It's part of the game. And you use it, but, you know, at what cost? Like the... The time port examples, you're right. It, there, there's a lot of difference. That breaks that, everybody's game. That, that just it, it it has a high annoyance factor. Yes, for everybody for, except the person using. Luck it. really isn't annoying no. at all. It it's just it seems to be taking like if Dave had luck, I think the campaign would be much worse off because the Hilma stuff has added so much fun and color. You know, just with like these disasters that happen. But you know, that luck's only once an hour. Dave has like five things go to him wrong in an hour. <laughs> and he's he's not a very good roller. But like like when he critically failed to spell yeah. and he forgot it, yeah. that changed the course of how he got Helmar. Now he's gotta find these sort of drug dealers. Yeah. If he had luck, he just would have re rolled it. And it, you know, and I think that's okay for bad stuff to happen. Yeah. You know, if if um you know if DeBerg lost a perennial not that luck was 100% of the reason, but I, if, you, if you listen to that, it was, it was perennial should have had it. It's really what it came down to. They both should have had it. And I think the fair thing to do is probably for me to just let some, some of the NPCs have it. You know, and that way, you know, some of you guys have it, some of them have it, and then it's like balanced. Yeah. Then. Well, because I think if you go back and listen to all the recordings too, I don't think anybody has ever used it more than once in a night. Sometimes not at all in a night. So it's not like it's something like, Every hour it's getting used because right. it's, it's nowhere near that. I, I don't ever remember it being used by one person more than once in the whole five-hour session. Yeah, true. So but now you, you know, you're paying for a 15-point advantage that can be used every hour, and I'm not. I'm using it once in five hours. So you know, maybe if I'm going to get my co- – you raise it to 40, I'm going to make sure I use it every hour so, because I, I'm paying so much for it. So I'm going to make sure I use it no matter how stupid the role is. I'm going to be like, okay, it's been an hour. Okay, I'm going to use it and just use it for something dumb. So bringing it, bringing it back to the, the point now. So I would actually say that of all the players, to Tim, and Chris, I think you'll agree with me on this. Tim is the guy who likes to play it safe. And luck is the perfect advantage for Tim to have. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would be fun. And Tim, you can, and you can, I don't want to speak for you. But I don't okay. think it would be t- fun for Tim for bad stuff to be constantly happening to his guy. Like there's been a couple of times where he's used luck for something critical with his storyline. Right. And if he didn't do that, it would have completely yeah, hurt his storyline or whatever. And I think for him, the fun 
comes from his character like never he always is able to slip get out of trouble <laughs> he, he's able to avoid trouble and luck helps him do that now for someone like a like a ross or even me like i take luck because no matter if i have it i still i'm like dave like something bad is going to happen to me <laughs> no matter what if Would i you take it if it was 40 points? if i have luck or not i wouldn't take it, it was 40 points you know the one problem really? it's too much one it's of way the, too much yeah you really you know i don't i can't remember what we started at so what is forty hundred fifty? So what is forty points? What's the equivalent in like like health or strength for bumping it up or down? Would it be like worth two points? Forty points? Yeah. Like, well, third edition it costs you ten points per each stat level. So I could. But then raise, it, goes, it gets more expensive. Then it goes to fifteen. So I could raise my ten dexterity to almost a fourteen with the, with the five extra points I'd have to spend. So I would I would jack my decks up four points before I'd buy that. But if you jacked it up to let's say you jacked your decks up to twelve. If we go from a twelve to a thirteen, I think it's fifteen points. Ten, Ten points. So thirteen to fourteen is fifteen points. Okay. Correct. So if you'd left it at like a thirteen, Five. you're spending fifteen points to get to a fourteen from a thirteen to a fourteen. Yeah. Luck is worth way more than that. I mean well, just uh, on a on a cost benefit. Well it's because the, you know dumping your decks to a fourteen doesn't buy you as much as you know, it's, it's not really a fair comparison. Well, like, it's the same amount of let points. Let me dump 15 points into my sword skill. So now all of a sudden I'm, I'm going way up on my sword skill. That's way more beneficial than... Not than luck, because if somebody critically hits you, you're screwed. Yeah. With luck, my, my only thing with luck is the point value. And see, it, that's, it's, that's it's, all I'm trying to get out of, though, too, is that one bad roll that I make or the one really, really good roll that you make that totally hoses me so now you know you do a brain shot critical hit. My guy's dead. I'm, I'm just dead. There's nothing I can do about it. And not only that, but you guys are playing well, once a month. I don't know if you'd yeah. be dead. You'd be dead. Yeah, I guarantee you. So when stuff like that happens, one thing that and this comes back to the whether or not it's fun. There's a main storyline of this game, and you guys are playing once a month. Every time something bad happens like that, like the walnut incident, it was fun, but it completely derailed the we story. Explain what the walnut incident was. Yeah, so like uh, one of the characters, uh, his name is Rowan, is played by our friend Ross. <laughs> he had these magic walnuts, and he just he tried to kick it or stomp it I to open stepped it. Stepped on it, and it was an explosive walnut. So it basically almost killed like the entire party. Yeah, yeah. There's like an explosion, and if Chris, and it did kill two of them. Yeah, if Chris, two people died, and if Chris had remembered. There was actually more walnuts yeah. in his bag, and they would have all chain reacted, and everyone would have been dead. But even we, even with just two people dying and everyone like getting knocked out, it derailed the main storyline of the game for one and a half sessions while they were recovering or whatever. So then it's like, okay, that was fun, I guess, but was it more fun than if we progressed the story? And and I guess my argument is, if the players are so resistant. Then in there to me that means that they don't think it will be more fun to not have luck. So which is more fun? Yes, it might be more fair, and I and I agree with you that it's probably not expensive enough. But changing it seems like if the players are resistant, it seems to me like the fun of having it is more fun yeah, than not having that's it. That's a good point. So it's like what where is the balance? And I think your suggestion of giving it to some of the NPCs is a perfect solution. Yeah. Because yeah, because I mean, then you're not yeah, taking anything because you're going to have right. lucky NPCs as well. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Whereas so you know, time port, time port made it unfun for everybody. 
Yeah. I mean, that affected the overall mood of every player. Yeah. So it, it's tricky, it's, though. It's the fun because, factor there, for sure, because... The, the weird thing about that one, it was written right in the rules, though. Like, I, I don't know why they even invented that, that what, spell, that time, time port. port. Uh, because there's probably certain campaigns where, you know, that maybe it's more futuristic kind of stuff yeah. that, you know, doing some kind of time travel is, it's because it's is necessary. But I brought it up to Phil when it happened. I was like, dude, this is broken, and we're going to have to do... He, he completely hated the idea. He's like... But I spent all these points. It was like kind of what you guys were saying before about he invested in it. He went up the tree so he could get it. Well, you know, he spent, you know, the time studying. He'd be put in all of his effort. And then for me to just take it would have ruined the game for him then. Right. Yeah. But now you're, you're talking about ruining the game for one person. I know. Right? Every, That's the I difference. Know. That's the difference. Yeah. No, yeah. you're right. It, I agree. It, yeah, I mean, I, I, had him, I had him roll back at least two things I did. And that's the direct reason that my brother quit is because yeah. every time he did something that Phil didn't like, he rolled it back. So he's like, I, I can't actually affect anything if Phil's around. Right. So I can't actually do anything I want to do. I might as well say, Phil, can I do this? Yeah. <laughs> and you know, and that, that breaks everything because now you're talking about, oh, he gets that one critical hit in combat. He can reverse the whole combat. Right. That, that 30 seconds of combat that we spent an hour and a half role playing – he all may now just go. Happen. Oh yeah, you know I burned seven fatigue, and I'm going to go back a minute and, uh, and just now tell everybody to run. Or yeah, something. or just set up an ambush, and now all of a sudden you know, it's, it's just. And then oh, that didn't go well. Let's let's go back again. So I want to shift gears a bit. So I think I think in the fun versus fairness, just trying to keep us on topic. I think we kind of found a balance right with with luck. So I want to give another example that we can talk through, and that is the example of fugue. Yeah, and I have a personal connection with this example, mm-hmm. so I'm going to explain it. When I the first role playing campaign I ever played in, I found an ability called Fugue. No one had ever heard of this ability. You I was never used it. Either. I was no, we no, we never used it. I was digging through the GURPS <laughs> advantages, and I saw this weird thing called Fugue, and I just I really just looked at it because I didn't even know what it meant. And what Fugue let you do, and this is basically what it read was: if you're under combat stress, your guy can basically multiply. So you can make multiples of yourself, and they all have your same hit points and everything. But the same weapons and everything. they have everything that you have. Uh, but if if the chain, if someone early in the chain of replicas gets killed, everyone behind, like if even I think it was even if they just took a point of damage, right? Then every every person no, if they were knocked out or killed. Okay, yeah, you're right. If they're knocked out or killed, then then the whole chain disappeared from that. Right. Clone forward. Right. So when you're producing the clone, you have to roll a D6. It was D6 minus one. Then you get that many copies of yourself. So I, I took this ability from a guy. And I think it was 40 points. It was a really expensive yeah. uh, advantage. <laughs> and But this is the thing. I wrote my story. There's This was built into my story. And this was like the defining characteristic of my guy was this fugue ability. Well, obviously, if you think about it, it's broken. Okay. Yeah. In a in a combat We've proven that. I think. Yeah. So in combat stress. Okay. So basically, if my guy was in combat stress, uh, he would make replicas of himself, and now there's five or six of me instead of one. So you know, it was obviously very beneficial in a battle. Mm-hmm. You know, one versus six, and I could I could. You couldn't lose a one on one fight. Right. And even in big fights, you know, I can make all these guys that I don't care about, and they can go out, and they're all doing backstab and stuff. Right. So, but here's the thing. I don't think that was ruining the game for the other players. First of all, like, like time they complained board. to me all the time about it. Oh, okay. I didn't know that because 
first of all, like Marty would say, he didn't understand how you could do, like he didn't really understand the rule and why you could do that because you guys would have conflict in game. Yeah. And he could not win a fight against you if he were to, because your characters actually mixed it up a couple times. Yeah. And because you had Fugue, even when he had his water sword, which was really powerful, he couldn't beat you. Right. Because Fugue trumped everything. But I never used it against him. Like I, I, I well, knew that out of game. So when like there was one time where we actually came to like we were gonna have a one on one fight and I fugued, but I didn't use the guys. I just had them right. stand and watch. Like it's an intimidation. Yes. Yeah. And it, it works. <laughs> yeah. But the the you know and, and other people complained about like Nick would complain about it too, but it slowed the game down was my main problem with it. Be like all of a sudden I don't know, it it, it really made like the combat more lengthy. And your guy was like invincible because these fugues could, you just like back off and let them fight. And no, I would fight too. My, I never backed off. You didn't have to though. So we started modifying fugues. Yeah, so, so that's kind of the. So we were trying, we were, Chris, I mean, to your credit, you tried to make it more balanced. So what we started doing was I would roll, but then I would have to roll an age for each one. And I think this was actually Tim's idea, maybe, that you gave Chris. So I would roll my my guys, and then for each one I would roll their age. And a four. This was Tim's idea yeah. because he looked at at the description. It says you're basically getting these replicates from the future, yeah. and bringing them back. So who's to say that it couldn't be like way in the future when you're 100 right. years old? Yeah. So so I would roll, and if I got a three or four, basically they couldn't help at all. They're too old. Yeah, they would just so sit. They would just sit down, <laughs> which was kind of funny. And then uh, and then, but then later you eventually. I had to make a deal with an NPC and this was kind of my way of, I just kind of gave in because it, it wasn't working. And so it was taken, it was basically taken away from my guy. He could use it in this one area of the map and he became a God in that area. So that part was good. And it was moving out of state and all this stuff. But, but basically like if we ever return to that campaign, there's no way I would ever be able to use fugue again. And so like the defining characteristic of my guy was taken away. Now for me, I, I was like, I'm like, it boned me out and it still does when I think about really? it. Really? Yeah. Like, cause it was such a cool thing. It was just like the, it was, when you think of my, of Ramus, you think of, well, bad roles and fugue, at least I do. Like those were the two things that define him and his anger <laughs> problems and stuff. All those weird dissets. But you know, I actually wasn't good in combat. I didn't really have a good weapon or anything. I was only doing like one D six damage and having few basically made me do the same amount of damage as like a fighter would do in, in one round of combat, but it was just multiple guys doing it. And then it was taken away. I, I didn't really have much after that. So it, it, I don't know, to me, it like took away the fun of, of that character quite a bit, but, but I, had, but, you, but it was never stripped from you. It was. You mean when you went to the forest? When I made the deal with the Jadu. Yeah, but that was when that was the end of the game though. But, but you wanted me to get rid of it. So I made a deal with him that that he would take it from me, and then I could only use it. In the, he changed it so I could only use it in the forest. So when I'm outside the forest, I can't use it. That was superfugue. That was different. No, he has superfugue. Ramus, I never no, had. Ramus, I had superfugue in the forest. He doesn't have fugue anymore, though. You took it away. At, you mean regular Ramus, I with regular fugue? But that was because you weren't playing. But if we went you, back, you turned your character turned into an NPC essentially. Right, but then we came when we came back and played again. When we had the reunion game, he yeah. doesn't have fugue anymore. Well, I mean, 
That was like one time. But if we went back and played, you wouldn't let them have it back. Yeah, I, I would let you have it back because I think it, if it's such a novelty to just play one game. Okay. I don't think it's that But if we return to the Delaire campaign. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I didn't think you would, but but the point is it was it was nerfed. And this is the term that we always use for this. We had to nerf it. This is like a term that came out of like Ultima Online to make it more fair. And it made it less, it did make it, Actually, making them old didn't make it less fun for me. You, you found a way to make it more fair, but still be fun. Yeah. Because I thought it was funny. Yeah, the whole the whole point of this discussion is what do you do when something is broken? Yeah. Because you're really hurting the players who invested in this ability. They spent points and storyline into it. You can, if you take it away or change it in a way that brings them down, then it's going to ruin it for them. But at the same time, if you see you can kind of see the stars aligning that like something's wrong. Yeah. You know, what do you do? Yeah. And that's, that, that's really the question. I had a funny idea, a funny way that you could change few, by the way, because, because your characters, they're, they're coming from the future. Right. So I had a, I had a funny idea that later on in the campaign, there'd be moments where Ramus, I would just disappear into the past. <laughs> because he got pulled into the past from a previous Ramus I, and then I would come back all bloodied from a fight I was in. Like I thought that would be another fun way to kind of make it more balanced. Yeah, that is interesting. Like I'd just like be like all beat up, and I'd be all mad at previous Ramusai for pulling me out of the future and like getting get me all messed up, making me go fight. So I don't know. I thought that would be another another way to do it. But I, yeah, I think the I think the yeah, what you're saying, what to do when it's broken, you have to do it, and whatever you do has to still. It shouldn't take away from the fun, right, of yeah. the game overall. Right. If you can find a way to change it but make it more make it more fair but still make it fun for everyone that's and that's that has to be challenging as a dm yeah it's hard because you're looking out for the game and i think that you're kind of convinced me not to do anything about luck for now and maybe just like have more npcs like in proportion to the group it's like maybe 60 percent of the group has it i agree with not touching it but i think if we made a new let's say we started a new campaign yeah we would have a serious discussion about is it worth 15 points? Because if, if everybody's taking it, I guess I'm looking for everybody to just admit that it's broken for the cost. I think I would be happy with just that. I, I don't know if I can say that, though. <laughs> I mean, if I honestly thought it was broken for the cost... You would know, you ever take a guy without it? Yeah, I've taken guys without it. I don't think your girl had it in the one... Uh, which one? What was the one yeah, where you played remember. a girl that she yeah. joined like the cult of girls? I yeah, don't think she yeah. had it. I don't think so either. What? I don't remember that. Tim played a yeah. girl. Played she was like a mage, yeah. female, and then she joined like a, a another group. Oh, of, yes. yeah. Was yes. that? I think that might have been Alvaron. No, no, not no. Alvaron. Um, Alorian. Alorian, yeah. yeah. And then Delare and Delarian. Oh, that was the that game. Was, that was the campaign you you ended. Yes, that yeah. was my elf. The elf, yeah. Um, Lan, Lan, or Lan, yeah. Lan, Lanadir, yeah. No, Lanadir <laughs> was Drawl. Oh, you're right. Oh, oh yeah, that's sad that we can't remember. Delirium yeah. was a fun campaign. Yeah, uh, I wonder why that ended. Shut up. <laughs> well, and, you know, for, for the fugue too. For me, I don't. I don't think fugue's broken because I think that's like a perfect advantage for like when you've got a small party. You know, it, me and my buddy, we're the two of us are playing in one GM. That's a way to bulk out your party, so you actually have a decent sized party that you can do things, have a good combat, and actually have a chance to winning. When you've got six other players, yeah, it probably gets a little ridiculous. It's not that you're affecting their game, but if you're slowing down combat because you take five turns during a combat versus their one, then I can see them getting bored and stuff. But, you know, 40 points is a lot. But it's also, you know, because you and Greg used to play 1-1 all the time. 
So if you were able to bring in four copies of your guy, you know, you could actually do some more interesting combats. Yeah, I would rather have NPCs, though, Yeah, for that situation. But uh, didn't they get rid of Fugue in 4th edition? They realized it was I, don't, I don't really pay attention to 4th edition. Did. I think it they did. It disappeared. They got rid of it, yeah. I'm not a big fan of 4th edition. So but, I wanna, but, but they saw the problem, I think, and so they nixed it. So I want to end with the final nail in the coffin of why you should keep luck. Okay. Ooh. So last session... I was actually listening on Skype live, mm-hmm. and there's there's something that happened in the session that was fun for the whole game, but was because luck was there, and it was. I know what you're gonna say. Defleur was trying to make Hilma, which is like a common theme in this campaign. Right, and that, that's the dangerous narcotic. We and he used earlier. a shortcut. <laughs> because he's like he's like overconfident or something. I, I can't quite figure out what. I, is. I know. I I can relay the story. Okay, so. Let me rewind a little bit. So Chris came up with the same idea that Dave and I talked about at lunch that day. And that is, this is when we were talking about luck and the, if it's broken or not. It's like, you know, all the problems with Helma, you just have somebody with luck make it. And if they roll bad, just re-roll it. And then you have Helma. And then that night, DeFleur is like, Dave, I'll make your Helma for you. And he has luck. So here, here we go. He's proving exactly my problem with it. But you're right. So what ended up happening, he botched his roll. And had to use his luck. So he proved my point right off the bat. He It was going to explode. He used his luck, re-rolled it, and it came out fine. So everything is good. Chris, out of game, was afraid to make, because they agreed on making two batches. Out of game, he didn't want to make the second batch because he didn't have his luck anymore. He, he couldn't use it for another hour. So out of game, he was like, oh, you know. And he was, he was, you know, kind of saying, well, maybe I, this is when you were, I think you're out of the room. Okay. Yeah. And, and I was like, wait a minute. No, you're, you have, you have overconfident and you agreed on two <laughs> batches. And he was like, oh, you're right. And, and we, he, he did a roll to see how much, cause I'm, I'm in agreement. If you make a successful batch of Helma, you could have an in, increased skill amount in making it. So make an IQ roll to see how much you retain and learn. He critically failed it. He rolled an 18. Yep. Which means, so I interpreted that as he found a better way to do it (laughs) with a shortcut (laughs) that he eliminated a complete step. So I'm giving him, I think it's a plus five to his roll, which is bad. Yeah. Because you want to roll low. You want to roll low for for this shortcut. But he's convinced, you know, he also has overconfidence. He's convinced that this is, it's going to like revolutionize Helma making. (laughs) So he was all geared up to make a second batch. Out of game, Chris was like, you know, kind of cursing. He's like, oh, I'm gonna make this Helma, and what's gonna, you know, he's, he has a huge penalty to his role now. Oh, yeah. But, you know, his guy is kind of, he's, he's cocky and very full of, he's like completely role plays the overconfidence thing. He rolls and he rolls fantastic. He rolled like a five or six or something yeah, really yeah, low. Yeah. So even with the penalty, successful batches made in the shortcut. With a shortcut. <laughs> I can have so the now time. he's convinced. This is what's going to be. This is why, you, yep. you, to your point, that luck makes it, it good in a way. But what's going to happen now, because of luck, yep. and this is a good thing, he's going to, he's so convinced of this way to do it. Yep. He's going to do it and be successful again because of luck. <laughs> and his skill's going to keep going his up. Skill, well, his <laughs> no, skill, it's, it's going to, it's, it's, it can't go up because he's doing it wrong. Oh, so okay. he's not improving. Oh, his his skill won't improve. Okay. No, not doing it wrong. He's successfully making it incorrectly, <laughs> which means the the, the modifier is going to stay the same. So as long as he has his luck when he makes it, he'll probably continue to make it successfully and be convinced that it's the right way. 
He'll be the only one that can do it. The only problem is going to be is if he makes more than one batch and he has to blow his luck the first time, which he probably will. Yeah. What's he going to do the second time? Yeah. But his character's got overconfidence, and yeah. he role played that really well. He's going to make it. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Final nail. It's it's all good. I think the better solution is just to have some NPCs have it, and then we'll just yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I didn't have, I haven't had any NPC have it, and it doesn't make sense that nobody would have it. Well, yeah, I mean, if fifty percent of the group has it, I would think like some of the. Like even some of the leaders would probably have it. Like the guys who have rose, risen to power, they probably are lucky in some way. Otherwise, they wouldn't be in that position. Yeah. So maybe like LaRoche. Well, you know, you're lucky. <laughs> you have know. some luck. Well, also, you know, you're, Call you're an adventurer, rich. so you're supposed to be kind of better than the average right. you know, Joe. So having luck's not unheard of. Well, yeah, the 150 points that you get to start out with, the average NPC doesn't have that. They're like right. at 100. Right. You know, they're like a peasant yeah. or something. So you should have better stuff yeah so in summary i would say that fun and fairness are both important but even better is to have both i agree well i think that brings us to the end of uh episode 32 where can they find our website outofgamepodcast.com that's right out on there you can click the board game geek guy to go to our guild that's board game geek guild 1990 that's where we uh have forum discussions you can also join our slack group if you go out to Board Game Geek and click the link, there's a thread I've pinned to the top to join our Slack group. Slack is a chat program. We can talk to you in there in real time. I have it on my phone. So if you post something in there, I will get a notification immediately. I'm talking to you, Kenneth Spond. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Stitcher at OG Podcast. You can send us an email at outofgamepodcast at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 40 OOG OOG 80. For great games at amazing prices, you can shop at CoolStuffInc.com. And for more great podcasts of the Dice Tower Network, go to DiceTowerNetwork.com. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.